Welcome to GenCast, a sponsored podcast series brought to you by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. I'm your host, Jeff Bukaliskas. The eminently quotable Winston Churchill famously said that to improve is to change, so to be perfect is to have changed often. While in science we strive for perfection, yet change often comes at a much slower pace and is often met with skepticism. For instance, transforming a laboratory space into a haven for digitally connected equipment and automated processes is a boon to productivity, but is not always integrated with the same ease or met with the same excitement that many people have when they get a new cell phone. But the dedicated team of experts at Eppendorf and BioITech believe they have solutions that can make a laboratory's digital transition a much smoother and more accepted process. In this second GenCast on digitizing the laboratory environment, we'll hear a firsthand account of how eLab products were successfully integrated into departmental laboratories and how various challenges were met. Let's meet our two panelists. I'm Erwin Scheinen. My background is in medical genetics. I have a PhD in that field. I'm also very much active in digitalizations and online platforms, and this has been part of my life since the beginning of 2000. And during that time, I was part of the digitalization move of e-commerce, the retail stores, where I've been creating a platform which helped 6,000 web shops to go online. So there was a lot of things going on back then with the move into digitalization and gain a lot of knowledge, combine that with my life science experience, uh, with my PhD. My PhD was about wet lab experience as well as bioinformatics. And taken together, this gave rise into the next step in my personal career with the foundation of BioITech. So my name is Katarina Hanika. I am a PhD student and I work in the Department of Plant Breeding and uh, Phytopathology at Wageningen University in the Netherlands. My training a uh, molecular biologist and I've specialized in uh, plant pathogen interaction, which essentially means that my work consists of molecular work in the lab, but also a lot of greenhouse work with my experiments. All right, great. So Erwin, I think we'll start with you and maybe you could provide us a little bit of background of how BioITech was founded and what's the story behind the eLab products? Sure. So BioITech was founded purely due to a lack of sufficient tools. Like I said, I myself have been that scientist that had to deal with a lack of those sufficient tools. And there were so-called LIMS or laboratory information management systems, but they were pretty much clunky in use. So they lacked important features. They were overall just not suitable for many types of labs, like the labs I was working in myself, which was pretty much focused on research and developments. So there were a lot of pain points. There was a huge mess in the freezers, the safety cabinets, the samples, the little tubes where all your material is stored in. There can be tens of thousands of those in the freezers. There was basically no way to get to that information, what's in those tubes, other than having a small notebook next to the freezer. Taking those notebooks, there were piles of paper notebooks recording your experiments. 
and that's huge. It basically makes you inaccessible to your data. You don't know where your sample is. You don't know what's in the tube. And also very importantly, you don't know what were the results of a particular experiment. Like we're very used to using computer programs with online data. With Google, you just search, you enter your term and you get your results, you get to your data. That's, of course, not possible with the non-digital solutions of the paper notebooks. And like I said, that's huge because the inaccessibility to your data, that's data which the industry spent billions on to produce, but you can't get to that when you actually need it. And that was basically the reason why BioITech was founded, by creating those solutions that the industry needed to organize the data and the timing which was beginning of 2010 was perfect. There were many possibilities with the uprise of technology, the battery technology, the number of interfaces, the iPads came on the market. Of course, the other tablets with Android came on the market. And just by having access to that technology, by having many interfaces to your data, by being able to work with a laptop and have that battery run throughout the whole day, making you actually be able to use the programs that are on that laptop, that's, of course, very important for making this digitalization move. So timing was perfect. Technology was in the uprise and pretty much now is to a mature point where we can join into the digitalization of everything. And yeah, that's basically why BioITech was founded. Great, thanks. And so maybe you could explain for us a little bit your current association with Eppendorf. So Eppendorf was primarily in the business of consumables and laboratory devices, bioprocessing. And of course, just like any other life science company, they knew digitalization is happening. And there are very good reasons to join into that digitalization. And they were actively seeking into finding a company or a partner where they can tie into their own needs and their own efforts towards digitalization. For instance, Eppendorf now has the Visionize, which allows you to connect your devices, your laboratory devices into the cloud, which gets you a lot of data, data that needs to be collected and data that of course also needs to be contextualized. And contextualization of data, that's our cup of tea. That's what we're doing. We can make sure that the data from some device is connected to a certain experiment or connected to the samples that are in a specific freezer and know about the temperature history throughout, which is very important for you to be able to make the right conclusions out of your experiments. So BioITech, with our software, with our platform, we were able to perfectly complement the already offerings that Eppendorf is having within the software industry. And that got us talking and they were taking a shareholdership into the company. And a few years ago, they actually took a majority shareholdership within BioITech. So BioITech is now part of the Eppendorf group. 
and that's working pretty well. We have a lot of complementary services and offerings that we can now jointly bring into the market. But yeah, that's how Epinorth came into the biotech history, and that's where we are today. And so as the gen audience is pretty well aware of the fact that there's lots of ELN companies on the market, what makes biotech special compared to other companies? This was definitely also one of the considerations of Epinorf back then. They've done an extensive market analysis before they even engaged with BioITech. And what they found and what we always believed in is what's the level of comprehensiveness that you need. You need to be comprehensive in order for you to be in control of your day-to-day experiments. So the level of comprehensiveness, the level of innovation, the agility, the speed that we have, that we can outpace the competition, that makes BioITech stand out from that competition. So for example, we were the first to recognize that a so-called ELN or an electronic lab notebook isn't just about digitizing a paper notebook. There's much more to it. For instance, you need to know what kind of samples were you using with your experiments. You need to know what kind of procedures or protocols were you using during that experiment. So we created that platform. And we created a platform where you have all these three components. You have the procedures, you have the samples, and you have the electronic lab notebook section where these things all come together. It means you know when you pick up a tube, you can scan its barcode and you know exactly what happened to it. You know which procedures have been done with it. You know what experiments, who's been handling it, who's been collaborating on those. And that's key and that's very needed. We didn't stop there. As a scientist ourselves within BioITech, we know what tools these scientists need. And we have some very good innovations that the competition doesn't have that really helps the scientists on a day-to-day work. We have ways to work both online in the cloud as well as on-prem, which allows you to work with huge genomic files or proteomic files, for instance. We can integrate off the shelf with any exotic desktop program that you might have by making sure we have audit trails. We have ways for you to be in the cloud. We have ways for you to be in a private cloud. We can also be on-premises. We have technology that allows you to do multi-tenant. It's very technical to go into details about what that entails, but it basically means that a complete organization can just have one instance, one installation of our platform, but they can serve thousands of their users that each can create their own workspace. Uh, completely isolated by choice or open up for collaboration. We have ways for you to customize the application to really tap into your very specific workflow that you might have in a very smart way. So taken together, that really rise to, again, that level of being comprehensive. And that's what we're doing, I think, from my point of view, better than the competition at this point. All right. Thank you. So I'm going to switch gears a bit and we're going to move over to Katharina. So Katharina, I know that you have some association with BioTech, but before we get to that, I guess first it would be great if you could tell our audience a little bit about the challenges and objectives you have with your own research. Yes, so that is actually quite related to the environment I work in. So we are in university here, so we are a very dynamic group of employees here. So students, PhDs, but also postdocs and higher up. 
and people come and go and people follow up on each other's work. And then we ran into the issue that people have their paper notebook and you don't find it back or you search for hours and hours to find your stuff back. And second point there is we do a lot of collaboration within the university, between different departments, but also within our big group. We are around 250 scientists here. So we always send around Excel sheets and at the end of the project, every person has a different version of the exact same Excel sheet. So it's very hard to keep everyone on the same line and everybody has the same information. And most recently, a third aspect came into play. We are working here with GMOs on genetically modified organisms. And there we have very strict obligations to record where these samples are and what they contain. So now we are also switching to eLab Journal to use it for the administration of GMO samples. Thanks for that, Katrina. And so what's your association with BioITech and how's that relationship been? Yeah, so it actually started for me early in 2016 when I was still a master's student. And by that time, uh, my department has decided to try eLab Journal as an electronic lab notebook. So what happened is basically uh, I got a link to the website and I could get started. It turned out that it took me quite some effort to get started. And of course, we were thinking how to teach and train our colleagues. And then I took the lead in organizing a workshop. So I sat down with another colleague of mine and we developed an entire workshop to train people to get started faster. And that also increased my direct contact with BioITech. And by now, I'm a key user here in my department, but I'm also a reference customer, which simply means if other people have questions about eLab Journal, they usually contact me, and then I just share my experience on how I use it and what I find useful about it and whatnot. And so did the eLab Journal meet your expectations? Yes, very much, because it is indeed, as Erin said, not only an electronic lab notebook, so not only recording your day-to-day lab work, but I also always tell people it's more like a data management system. So it's really the place where you have all the information of your experiments, so not only your experimental notes, but also all the samples that are connected to it, all the files you've been working on. So it's a platform where you can add in all the information that you need for a certain experiment. You can add in people to share it with, which then again solves the problem of having five different versions of the same Excel sheet because people work in eLab Journal in this file and it's uploaded directly and the next person works on the updated version. So yeah, that very much met my expectations and I really use it on a daily basis when I work on my experiments. So it sounds like a really great system. So my question really next would be, you know, have there been any hurdles internally with using the system? We had a very funny issue. So we have a very old building with very thick walls. So in the first months, we had no Wi-Fi in the lab. And of course, for eLab Journal, we need an internet connection. So we were using tablets, so we needed Wi-Fi. So that was the first hurdle. That's, of course, uh, fixable. The second hurdle is more related to people. So we thought this would be a self-going process. So people would get very excited about it and start with it. But what experience has told us is that people are very lazy. So they have their system with their paper notebook or with whatever system they use. And it's very hard to convince them to get started with something new. So those were the main hurdles we had internally here. 
one of the last questions I have right now would be, you know, digital solutions often raise the questions of security or data security. Not only what's your own personal opinion on this, but what is it about biotech and let's say the system, the eLab notebook system that you're working with that's addressed that? Has that been a good experience as well? Yeah, so we had a lot of concerns from a lot of colleagues here because previously there was a group that used a different system and the company got broken, all the data was lost within a day. So that was one issue. But with eLab Journal, we're using a hybrid solution, which means we have a part the cloud-based, but the bigger files are on campus here, so on-premise. And that seems to be, uh, for most people, sufficient to be sure that their data is safe. Of course, for me personally, I have a confidential project because I have industry involved. So also their eLab journal really allows me to block certain people out of my notes so I can add specifically who sees what in my experiment, which meets my requirements for security in terms of collaboration with the industry, but also that my data doesn't get lost all of a sudden. It's interesting that if you are talking about security, there's actually two very different topics about it. First is how secure is your data in terms of what's the possibility of you losing that data and how secure is the data in terms of can somebody else access your data which isn't supposed to be accessing your data. So that's a very interesting topic and there's no clear-cut answer. It's really about company policies and past experience and how they want to move forward for BioITech. And this is something that goes way back in my own personal history as well where I was working with those retail platforms where you have millions of transactions going through such a platform on a daily basis where you cannot afford a system to go down. It's like massive amounts of money being lost and you cannot have data being lost because if you lose out on your orders throughout the whole day, for instance, that again will cost you millions. And it's not different for life science because life science, like I said, is spending billions of dollars into getting your research into a level where you can publish it. And that means you need to have robust data management systems. So within BioITech, we do not trust hardware, which sounds maybe a little bit weird, but we actually do not trust hardware. That's why we have everything redundant. So we have multiple data centers. We have multiple servers that run in so-called clusters. In those servers, we have multiple hard drives running in real-time synchronization. So what that means is that whenever a hard drive is malfunctioning, you don't notice it because hard drives will take over its normal business. When a complete server goes down, you won't even notice it because in that cluster, other servers will take over and it's completely seamless. And we even went further that, let's say a complete data center goes down, which in history, if you look at the events that this might occur is very, very rare. But still, even if a complete data center goes down, we have another data center, which is completely geographically at a distance for at least 200 kilometers. We have those services in real time replicated. So even then you won't notice any difference. And that's key. In addition to that, we take care of archiving and backup. So it's like a turnkey solution for the end user. So they don't have to worry about losing data, about being completely wiped, which would of course be disastrous. And again, so there's no clear cut answer. And Katarina gives a very good example is 
you have policies, you work as a university, you work with companies and those companies have their own policies and rules. And they say, you know what? You can't have those files in the cloud for whatever reason. And that's perfectly fine. That's why we have those hybrid technologies where you can still work in a cloud, have that convenience, but then store those data according to your policies, just locally on your own file service. So yeah, I think it's a good topic. It also is much about, are you in control? As Biotech, we are ISO certified. We have ISO 27001, which is about management information security. And that goes very deep into our roots. It means that it's not only about our systems, it's about our procedures, it's about the people, it's about the whole company that we analyze risks, take care of those risks, and overall be in control. That's what ISO is all about, is being in control. And the real question is, are you in control as an organization? There are some incidents where companies lack the knowledge to actually run a highly secured facility. There were incidents with hospitals being attacked by hackers because they didn't have up-to-date software, which were having exploitable vulnerabilities into their software. So they were not in control and they had to pay the cost of that, which was massive. On the other hand, if you are in control, if you do have that level of experience and the need for you to run that highly secure facility, just like we are doing, we won't stop you from choosing your type of deployment. And that's why we offer both type of solutions, either in the cloud or being on-premises. So then, Katarina, what are your next steps for your lab? Are you guys still using any paper-based documentation that you're looking to move over? Yeah, so actually we started implementing it on a voluntary basis, which means whoever wants to start can start. That's why we also made the workshops to give people a head start with uh, eLab Journal. We thought at that time, the more people use it, they will tell their colleagues and everyone will one uh, at a certain point join Uh, This is not the case. We have enormous problems getting people started, especially the older generation. They are very grumpy. When I come with my eLab journal and say, come on, uh, let's make a start, they find it very hard to get used to it. So our next step is a top-down approach. So we will make it compulsory for everyone. We started now making it compulsory to use, to administrate the GMO samples. And later, we will make it compulsory for everyone that joins the lab within the next year. What we are also looking into is connecting it with other devices that we have in the lab. So to get our data from those devices directly into eLab Journal. And another thing, we are now looking into what kind of computer tablets we want in the lab so people can use it directly. Because for me personally, I take my notes still on paper and I go back to my computer in my office and then I enter everything neat and tidy. But that is simply because we don't have any laptops or computers in the lab at the moment. There's indeed a wide variability of the level of acceptance within an organization. And that's definitely true that there might be a generation gap where you have the older generation reluctant to switch from their very trustworthy paper notebook, which they can just take in their hands and store it away in their closet versus going more digital. 
we see organizations where they see the productivity enhancement, where they see the time savings, the money savings, and there's where you can easily adapt into a more digital solution. But it's true if you're in a very large organization like Wageningen is a very large organization, you have to deal with many different end users. The younger generation will more than happy adapt or start using it. We've had examples, which was the other way around, where we had an organization where they said, let's start small and we don't want to roll out just yet because we want to first learn and see how this works with this small group. And then during that pilot, how we call it, there were actually a lot of other people from other groups saying, hey, you know what? We are seeing that you're using this pilot and please let us in on that pilot or please end the pilot so we can finally start using the system as well. So it's a very wild variety. It's also, from my experience, culture-based where some countries might be more conservative, whereas other countries are more like, we want to be a cloud, we want to move into the cloud. So there's a very vast adaptation. But it's an interesting process, and it's a process that we are more than happy to help with as well. We are the life science experts. Many of us have a PhD, and that's also how we mostly ease people into starting a platform like this, is that we can do some hand-holding. And Katharina just mentioned that they're doing workshop, which is a perfect tool for getting more acceptance for especially generations where it might be more difficult to adapt by doing workshops. And we also organize them to help them ease into that transition. If I can add to that, I think it's not in the end just buying uh, the software and then let people start and everything will be fine. I think it's really important to realize that you need some sort of assistance process to get people Mm -hmm. started. So internal help. So what we did is we train indeed key users and those key users are the first contact point for people that have questions. And this has worked pretty well and we have done it in different departments and with these key users we also discuss issues that we have, which we then feed back to BioITech for more consultation. So I think it's important to realize there needs always to be an internal contact person for direct questions. Right, right. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That's also how we refer to it. We are not selling products, we're selling a solution. And it's not indeed just pushing a product in an organization. It's more about the whole complete solution, which means some assistance into getting it rolled out. Well, Katerina, Erwin, I want to thank you both for joining me on this GenCast today and talking about some of the challenges and advances in digitizing the laboratory environment. Thank you. Thank you for hosting the podcast. Uh, I was more than happy to join the session. Yes, thanks a lot for organizing. Some great examples of how the challenges of digital transformation for laboratory spaces can be overcome with innovative solutions and hands-on expertise. Keep an eye out for the next podcast in this series, which will be coming up in the weeks to follow. Thanks for listening to GenCast. For genetic engineering and biotechnology news, I'm Jeff Lewiscus.